Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Dean Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help with you with your games. Blah, 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 blah. I am your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my downtime partner, Ben Bumhopper. Well, hello, that? Ryan. I am doing great, and I have to say, I am always super excited and happy about the professional introductions that you always give me. It is, it's... <laughs> It's amazing the time and effort and like the vocal exercises you do beforehand just blow me away. Down, t- down time, down, <laughs> down time. Yeah, no, the, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I'm hearing uh, already just from pre-show that uh, you're having a lot of fun. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is something we've been w- wanting to talk about for a while. And for those of you who haven't caught on yet. We're going to be talking about downtime. Wait, what? I know. Shocker. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, this is actually something that's, that's been on my list, and it's actually been requested by a few people uh, to talk about downtime activities and downtime sessions and such. And I, I thought this was a really appropriate time to do this as my main campaign just recently had a very a full downtime session. So I figured this would be a really good time to kind of talk about it, talk through it. What is downtime in D&D? What are some of the things you can do from the DM perspective? What are the things you want to do from a player perspective? Um, and then just kind of go from there. So yeah, and it, it's perfect for me too, because uh, in about, I don't know, another month in-game time or so, my players are, well, I mean, assuming they survive what I've got planned, uh, they've probably got a good uh, chunk of downtime coming up, so. I'm, that wasn't uh, ominous at all. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, no, I'm I'm looking forward to, um, you know, once like kind of this arc ends and everything, just kind of giving them a chance to kind of, you know, brainstorm and think about things and uh, you know, do what they want to do. Yeah. So uh, let's let's just dive in. So just kind of as as an overview, what is downtime in D and D, or really in kind of any tabletop RPG type game? So downtime is something where You've got a chunk of time. Usually it's more than a day, uh, maybe a few days, maybe a few weeks, maybe even a few months if you're planning on doing a, a time hop or something like that. Um, and it's just time for, I, I guess, uh, the montage, right? Yeah. Uh, you basically figure out what you want to do, your players figure out what you want to do, and then you kind of give a high level summary with maybe some small bits of interspersed uh, RP role play or combat. And um, you use that to determine the results of your intended downtime activities. So let's, let's just kind of give an example. So I am, I'm a DM. My players have just finished a big arc. They're in um, this, this big city. There's not necessarily a clear path forward to, to what they want to do now. Maybe they uh, have a bunch of money uh, post this arc. So I say, okay, guys, we're going to take uh, a few weeks and we're going to have, have some downtime. So I want you to figure out what your characters would be doing 
with a little bit of downtime. What are your goals? Um, is there, are there items you want to acquire? Is there real estate you want to acquire? Is there an ability you want to hone? Is there potentially like uh, a feat you want to work on? Uh, those types of things. Um, and then if you can tie in that downtime to wrap up points of your previous arc or even introduced your new arc, then so much the better. Yeah. And it, it's the, the, the best time to really kind of, uh, you know, be creative with uh, what you're, you know, I, I guess allowing is the right word, allowing the players to do. You know, it's something that is fun for them because it's like a, a time jump. It's progression that they get to do where they don't have to, you know, kind of tediously go through and like get experience points or something. Um, it, it's a way to really just kind of, you know, accent the things that they want, uh, focus in on them and uh, kind of give them a, like an almost an instant upgrade because, you know, they worked on it during that downtime. And exactly. a lot of fun can be had with, you know, uh, challenges that you present them and uh, things that they decide that they want to do. And, and not only that, downtime can actually be a great uh, way to help your characters even flesh out their stories, mm -hmm. whether it be their backstories, whether it be um, group dynamics, uh, whether it be... Uh, even for you to flesh out your world. Like one of the examples that I'll probably pull from this multiple times because uh, like I said, my, my main campaign just had a big downtime session. And so they did a, a bunch of different things, but um, one of them went and did research at the library. So I was able to um, kind of find out ahead of time what he was wanting to research. And then I actually from uh, my world perspective was able to expand the lore and the history of some of the spots he was looking at and then feed that to him during the downtime activity, which was actually really cool because then he gets to learn a bunch more stuff that's relevant to him and his character. Uh, one being this, uh, in my world, there's uh, this huge mountain range and there's one spot there where there is a massive, massive storm that is just continual, doesn't, doesn't stop. And so he's, he's from those mountains and he wanted to learn more about that. So he was able to research a little bit about that. He was able to research um, a little bit more about his patron, not, not specifically, but kind of like tangently. And and so I was able to kind of uh, expand my lore on my side and then feed him that during his downtime. So that just one of the many things that you can do. Yeah. And one of the neat things too, is that uh, like just kind of expanding upon that. Um, if you look at, you know, what is kind of going on in the world, uh, you know, as you play the game, because I, I, I'm only assuming here that you're kind of like me where uh, when you're DMing, you, you're, adventuring in a certain area and stuff. But if you're looking ahead to like another arc or, you know, just things that you know that are happening in your world, um, it gives you time to kind of progress some of those plots and, and those plot threads that For sure. you, you might've set up, you know, just months and months ago 
or it's something that um, you're kind of creating and and uh, moving forward with like a character's backstory or something along those lines and being able to you know have some sort of downtime adds to your own uh, preparation but much less so or more so I should say um, adds to making it feel more realistic in you know why oh all of a sudden this timing is lining up with with something else that's going on you know uh, maybe that there's some sort of magical artifact or something that was stolen at the very beginning of your campaign but now it's finally made its way across the continent to the the next big bad evil guy who's going to be using it and or they're starting to experiment with it and stuff and you can pepper little things through in this you know this downtime session of like you know maybe rumors or something that they heard or or um you know news that's come across uh, you know even maybe stories from bards that are in the tavern that they're celebrating in because you know they just beat the big bad evil guy and and everything like that and it, it gives you just that time to just really progress tighten in and figure out you know what the next steps are going to be yeah uh 100 totally agree with you it's it's a great way and it's a great time for for fleshing things out and kind of going off that point to for downtime sessions be prepared as a dm to have to spend a little bit more time than you normally might doing session preparation. Because mm -hmm. especially if you give longer spans of time, several weeks, several months, that allows for quote unquote travel time. And so your downtime session, usually in a normal D&D session, your session takes place in one specific spot, usually. Um, and they are facing something or doing something or trying to achieve something in that specific spot. With downtime, uh, especially, like I said, extended downtime, the players have the opportunity to travel to other places. So in your session, you may actually end up going to three, four, five different locations. And so you have to be prepared for that. And usually those types of things take a little more time to to set up like in mine someone went to the library someone went to the arcane conservatory that were in the city and then uh a pair went you know halfway across the continent to uh a monastery and then uh there was just research here and there and then the the thieves guild and um a new house of theirs in a, in a pocket dimension. And, and so there's just a lot of, there's usually a lot of moving pieces. And so I found myself taking extra prep time to get everything ready so that it's a fulfilling experience for my players. And not only that, but extra time talking to each one of them specifically to figure out what it is they wanted to do so I, I could make sure that um, no one was left out. Yeah. And then once that's kind of, you know, all planned and figured out and everything, uh, on the next session, make sure you have a show and tell time. You know, go through, have each of the players kind of talk about things that they learned. You can uh, kind of guide them through some certain things if, if you know, they're, uh, not entirely sure of, you know, exact details of things that happened. 
Um, but this would be a good time for you to, you know, make them have their roles if they're, you know, say creating a, a magical item or if they're enchanting something. Um, it's a way to um, give them the information that is something that their characters, you know, might definitely share with the rest of the group so that they don't have to, you know, convey all that information, you know, just like you would in a normal session, you know, telling someone what they get from like a perception check or whatever. Um, but even more so, it gives you a chance to kind of have fun and really pick out different uh, points that you can kind of RP out and have fun with. Um, you know, of course, you know what the ultimate outcome is going to be with it, but, you know, it just gives them a chance to kind of like have a little bit more of a firmer grip on what happened because they're still interacting in that time. It's just, you know, like pulling out little moments of time here and there of the, the whole downtime session. Yeah, and usually it's that's good for the other players to experience too, even though they aren't necessarily directly involved. They're your, your world building. You're, you're progressing mm -hmm. your character and uh, a lot of your characters most likely have very interesting aspects to them or interesting stories to tell. And so I, I personally enjoy hearing about other people's stories as stuff is revealed because... Um, and it's not true for every group, but uh, like my group personally, none of the other characters know full backstories or anything mm -hmm. like that. Exactly. So every once in a while, something's revealed and it's just like, oh, and it's like, oh man, I didn't know that about you or, or whatever. So that's, that's kind of cool too. The big thing to remember while doing that is to make sure you try and balance your time. And this, yes. this, can be, this can be really hard and it definitely takes some planning on your part. Um, so I, I feel like I did an okay job with mine. Um, I wish I had had a little more time just in general to, to get the whole, the whole session done, but we were able to, to, to get through everybody's stuff. Um, but the big thing is, uh, you may have a player that just either is is not as creative as some of your other players or doesn't necessarily know what they want to do. And as a DM, those are times you can go in and maybe give them suggestions or whatever. But um, Or whatever task they want to do is a much smaller montage type experience. And so you don't want to, you want to make sure that you don't have a player that's just sitting around for 90% of the session and then they yeah. have their, their little 10%. So one of the things that um, I've tried to do and I kind of experimented with was group single, group single. So we started off the session with all of them together. They got their house, they talked through stuff, they got some information and then we hopped to uh, a few people individually. So just to starting things off to make sure Hey, everyone's got getting some playtime in. Everyone's getting some stuff. We're going to start hopping around. We came back. We had another little group thing. And then we jumped to uh, the last few people. And that seemed to work fairly well, just in kind of uh, keeping everybody interested and invested and engaged for the most part. Um, and uh, kind of balancing things out. Yeah, I mean... 
the big thing is, is even when you're DMing a normal session and stuff is making sure that everybody kind of has their input, everybody has their time and definitely has their time to shine is one of the, the biggest challenges that DMs face. So bringing that into a downtime session where, you know, you might have a fighter who just, you know, wanted to practice fighting and everything like that to, you know, maybe get some sort of feat or, um, you know, maybe a, an extra ability point or something like that. Um, they're probably not going to have a good varied story to tell compared to the wizard who went on a journey to unlock the mystery of some device he randomly found adventuring. You know, it, it, it's two entirely different characters. And while the fighter is probably happy with what they were doing, you can pull from that and give them more and, and fill it in for them. I mean, this is what a DM's job is, is, you know, filling in an entire world. So being able to just kind of take a bare minimum of what someone's given you and then grow it to, you know, kind of equalize it with some of everything else that's been going on is, you know, potentially a lot of fun. Plus it gives them a really cool experience of, you know, not knowing what's going on with, you know, with their session or their, their portion of the session. Yeah, for sure. And I, I wanted to kind of um, transition a little bit towards um, with, with that, like the, the player aspect of things and like, what can you do as a player for downtime? What are some good ideas um, for, for progress and stuff? But one thing I kind of wanted to talk about that kind of crosses both thresholds is rewards and so these are basically the goals of the downtime thing, whether it be um, I want to find and buy this specific item because I've got a lot of money or I want to train a point in this specific skill, ability score, or I want to go find out about X, Y, Z. Or um, one of the things that, I like to do, and this, this always depends DMs on how often you actually have downtime sessions. And normally, and it's your game, you can do whatever you want. Normally, those longer extended types of downtime sessions, you're only going to have one of those every, you know, once in a blue moon. You, usually mm -hmm. your story is going to be progressing. There's going to be stuff going on. There's going to be um, arcs going on and whatnot. So, you don't, you're not going to have, you know, one in, it, it all, it all depends. I don't, I'm not going to number numbers. <laughs> like this was the first, <laughs> this was the first like big downtime session we had in like 25 or 26 sessions. So mm -hmm. they were fairly, fairly far, <laughs> few and far between so far in, in my game. So because of that, you can do some cool things with the rewards. And one of the things that, I was able to do and I, I really liked and I need to talk to my players more and I probably will after another session or two and see, see what they think of things is I actually awarded some feats for downtime. Um, and the, the two feats I awarded were actually uh, custom ones that I made up that I tailored to their specific situations and their characters. So it's kind of like, um, a power boost in some ways, but it's not tied to an item and it's not tied to like an ability score. Yeah. And it allows me to give them something cool that fits 
specifically to their character um, for, for their type of thing. So for, for example, um, and I'll talk a little bit about this a little more when we, when we kind of get down to our, what we're doing in our games section. So for um, my artificer who has started multi-classing a little bit into sorcerer, uh, he's a wild magic sorcerer. It came at a it came at a very stressful time. All of a sudden, this wild magic manifested. Uh, he doesn't know what to do with it. Um, one of the things he did during his several weeks in downtime is he trained with the archmage to help learn a little bit more about this newfound thing to help control it a little bit more. And so, um, I awarded him a feat at the end that allows him to trigger his his wild magic like once or twice a day, uh, consciously. Oh. So that's just kind of, kind of to show that, hey, you have moved along the path. You now have a crude-ish control over this, sometimes. Um, and then, like items that evolve, you can then potentially even evolve these feats as you go on, maybe next downtime session, they do more training and you upgrade the feet to, to show that uh, they, have, they have been training more. Um, for, for my monk fighter character, he went in and spent a bunch of time of the time in, his, in the monastery, training with his, his, uh, his sensei, essentially. And he learned a new technique called way of the radiant fist. It's a feat and it goes very well with um, his deity, uh, the deity that this uh, group of monks worship and how, how it all works. And it's like, this is the next step in your training because you've come back, um, you've had experience, you've trained some, and now you get this. So it's just another one of those cool things. And he gets to activate it with key. So it's just being able to do stuff like that. Um, for the most part, players love that kind of thing because it is specific to their character. And it shows that you as a DM care about their character and are willing to put in the work. Exactly. And I mean, even more so, it just grows your world to, you know, be something special, something that is, you know, created by you and the players. And I mean, what is Dungeons and Dragons if it's not collaborative storytelling to begin with? So yeah, that's very cool. Um, in addition to that, so kind of moving, moving over to the player standpoint. So your DM tells you, we're going to have a downtime session. We're going to have some downtime. And you go, oh no, what do I do? What can I do? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anything <laughs> it's true that well almost anything whatever <laughs> whatever your dm lets you get away with <laughs> let's yeah pretty let's much just say that um we we've mentioned a few examples already the um the D, &D books um player's handbook like xanathar's uh, DM's guide have plenty of different options. You can ask your DM or if you have a copy of those, you can go check those out. There's a bunch of different lists just off the top of my head, like um, uh, Fight Club, uh, doing research, <laughs> um, buying a house, 
and owning real estate, running a side business, um, training an ability score, training a feat, just all sorts of, of different stuff like that. Maybe if you're a spellcaster, learning a new spell, um, doing a, uh, a montage quest type thing that you've, you've been wanting to do or, or some side thing, potentially furthering a political status or um, I, Ben, j j just start, start naming stuff. There's all, there's all sorts of, all sorts of good stuff. Look, I mean, it, my big thing, relaxation. Relaxation. I mean, think about it. Your, your, your players or your, your character has been running around saving the world or doing whatever and stuff. You know, why don't you just take a moment to just kind of hang out? It's cool. No, and those can turn well into done. super fun role play moments. It's just like, yeah, hey, exactly. you're all chilling in, in your house, in your, in your indoor hot tub or whatever, and just, mm -hmm. just chatting. It's like, what's up? Man, that thing was crazy. That, was, that reminds me of XYZ back home. And then sometimes you yeah. can get some really good RP moments out of those things. Exactly. You got that. There's uh, one of my favorites, just carousing, you know, going around town, just it's celebrating, having fun, you know, getting into maybe some bar fights, maybe make some new friends, some new allies. Um, it's funny in Xanthar's Guide, there's even work. You can just get a job, you know, why not? It's, it's one of those just weird things that, you know, you can do. Who, who says that adventuring? You know, <laughs> the end of the downtime is just like, here's your paycheck. Good job, player. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, too, I mean, think about just some of the things that have happened during the whole adventure, you know? Um, you find all these this cool loot and magical items and money and everything like that, but, um, you know, attunement's a thing. You need to, you can only have th three things attuned. Uh, what if you come across a magical item that is a, uh, a war hammer and you're an archer? Well, you know, take the time, maybe, you know, find a, an auction place to sell it or, or somewhere in the black market or something along those lines, you know, just take care of, of, you know, general bits of housekeeping. Just, you know, I mean, granted, that's a bit more mundane and stuff, but if your DM is like into it, you can make a tiny little adventure out of that in, in some form, you know, like maybe you want to put it up for auction and, Oh no, it got stolen. And then you're heading over this way and, and trying to find the person who took it. And it's just a kid. And Hey, he's an orphan. So now you've adopted a kid, you know, who knows? I, I don't know. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> and now you have a kid. <laughs> exactly. That's what you get for selling magical war hammers. You got to watch out for that. Um, you got to watch. But out I mean, those are just, you know, some really light things to do, but even more so you can like delve into your backstory um, you know, maybe it's time for you, if, if you're one of the few adventurers in the world who has parents still, maybe take some time and go visit your family. <laughs> you know, there's that. There's, um, you know, trying to find out information about the people who killed your family. You know, there's um, tons of different things that you can kind of play around with. And with... Uh, become proficient in a new, a new skill. Mm -hmm, exactly. Or in instruments, you know, uh, like, gosh, I'm plus... Yeah, or a language. Yeah. Oh, languages are, are always good. Everybody needs one of those. But it's like in plus five to hit, like my character just wants to always jam out with the bard because he's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm playing an instrument with someone and he's no good. But it's like one of the things he wants to do. So if he ever had some downtime, yeah, actually learn how to play. That would be something that would be kind of neat. You know? I do miss my bard a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Soon though. 
bards are fun guys yeah bards are fun um but i mean don't limit yourself there there's there's crafting things that you can do there's i, I mean just all kinds of proficiencies that you can learn uh, imagine learning how to be proficient in wearing armor i mean that'd be kind of handy sometimes depending on what you're doing just yeah or cooking yeah there's a the, we we talked about it the the other episode. There's a cool new Unearth Arcana feat called Chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those again. You can also get a job as a chef. <laughs> I don't know. I keep I keep going yeah. back to getting a job for some reason. I just just, I just get a find job. it really funny <laughs> between adventuring times. Yeah, well, it's like man, yeah. I'm an adventurer out of work. I, I some really people need to keep busy. So you know what? What if you're a, a gambler and you lost all your money and you need to make it up? You know, there's plenty of fun stuff like that um speaking of of Uh, speaking of gambling (laughs) yeah exactly you know if if, uh you know you you want to have some fun gambling you know go out to to one of the big casinos and stuff maybe who knows maybe you'll be super lucky and actually gain a fortune i mean the house generally wins but you never know and as a dm too that's that's actually a a very fun creative opportunity and it, it all depends what kind of DM you are and how, how much you really want to invest in things like that. But I've seen DMS who have made up gambling games, Mm -hmm. made up card games that, you know, you play with dice or made up those types of casino scenarios. And then you have a whole little mini thing where your party just goes to that and they play some games that can earn some extra money or lose it. Yeah. Plenty of really fun, cool stuff you can do. Um, as a player though, I mean, how great would it be to, you know, forge some new alliances with people, you know, um, I, I don't remember if we actually talked about it on the show or not, but, um, the, the whole, Hey, I know a guy, uh, the kind of like thing that you can mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Yep. It's like, Hey, why don't you take some time and meet a guy to, you know, someone who's good at, I don't know, meet a guy. To yeah, know. Exactly. There you go. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> But, uh, you know, kind of spend some time getting to know some people around there, you know, make some allies. Um, who knows, depending on if you're like a, you know, a really sneaky rogue or something, join a, a thieves guild of some sort. You know, there's plenty of, of ways to just kind of expand and grow your character in ways that don't involve just going out and, and you know, hitting things and getting XP. You, you know, your imagination is, kind of, well, and your DM are pretty much your limit. And, you know, if your DM's worth their salt, they're going to at least try to figure out some way to incorporate the things that you want into, you know, your own personal character growth. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's, let's just do a little example. Okay. All right. You are a warlock. Oh, yeah. You uh, have parents. Which is amazing. Strangely. Yeah, yeah. Uh your patron is fairly mysterious. You don't know know a lot about him, but you've your your level your level six, level seven. You're you're growing in power. Okay. You are at a uh, relatively large town with your party. You've just defeated uh, this mad wizard who inhabits this certain tower and was and was basically. Um, accosting this village with all manner of evil 
chimeras. Oh, okay. Or whatever. Uh, but now um, you kind of have an idea of where you're going with your next arc. You're, you're traveling across the sea to another location to help out some royalty. But you got a few weeks to burn before your ship leaves. Okay. What would you do? Okay. So first, As a first and foremost, if my parents are still alive, um, if they're anywhere close by, I'd visit them. Definitely. I mean, you know, kind of want to tell them about the adventure and stuff. I, I, I'm just assuming that I have a good relationship with them. Um, I mean, if I don't, who knows? Sure. Maybe I'll sacrifice them to my patron. If, you know, <laughs> depending on which way that goes. Or yeah. go, go fix your relationship. Yeah, well, there's that too. I mean, okay, so there's three options. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, but all those, all three of those things are super interesting because... All of those could turn into very interesting role play. Yeah, I mean, imagine if it's, oh, you know, I'm so glad that you're back and in, in visiting your, your, you know, good old mom and dad. And, oh, you, you have some sort of weird outward planar entity that's kind of controlling your life now. Okay. We thought we raised you differently, but that's okay. We accept you for who you are. And, you know, why are you drawing a ritual circle around us? <laughs> exactly. Um, so that would be the first thing that I would do is again, is it, if they're within, you know, like a, a day or two travel or something, or like, especially if they lived in that town, if they live in that town, yeah, I'll probably just stay with them the whole time. Um, but other than that, I would probably take a bunch of time and go through the mad mages tower and yeah, sure. We adventured through there and defeated him and stuff, but there's a lot more stuff in there that no one mm -hmm. has any idea what's going on. So you know, talk to my patrons, see if there's something that's, that they would want out of it and, you know, trying to find things that are mutually beneficial for us. But even more so, find something that would, you know, potentially grow my own power. I like it. I like it. Maybe, uh, maybe you would have the opportunity to do some research on where you're going. Maybe you've never been there before. Mm -hmm. get, a, mm -hmm. get a little lay of the land, so to speak. And, and try and figure out, you know, what's, what's the climate in this place, both like uh, politically and weather-wise. <laughs> yep. I need to get new clothes before I oh, go. It, it's funny. That's one of the things that matters. Uh, my players went into a, a town that was in the mountains and it's super cold. And so they had they, cold stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really have cold stuff. Uh, one of them was a Goliath, so she was fine. But uh, everyone else, you know, kind of chilly. So they ended up getting clothes once they got into town. <laughs> yeah, just it's little touches. Yeah, just like that. Exactly. Yeah, there's just uh, there's there's all sorts of fun things you can do, um, and we we always talk about D and D being very collaborative, and so downtime sessions just to, just to kind of put a put a period on on this thing. Downtime sessions more so in a lot of ways than many require deep collaboration mm -hmm. between Definitely. you, your players and your DM. And so the more of that, that happens, the, the more interesting and better downtime sessions you're going to get. From it. Exactly. I mean, the only way to really get a good fulfilling one is to just talk and, you know, see what kind of opportunities you can bring each other. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Um, I don't think yeah. so. I think we, we, we think we pretty much covered everything. Cool. 
Um, all right, so let's kind of um, shift gears a little bit then and talk about our community content shout out. And it's about downtime. What? Crazy, it's almost I know. like that was planned. I know. It's, it's what we do here. We plan things. Uh, this <laughs> is a product on the DMs Guild called Downtime Expanded. It's, um, it's a pay what you want. Which is which is super cool. Um, it's a suggested price of five dollars, but you can you can pay what you want for it, and it's basically a compendium of downtime activities from both the Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, Adventurers League, and Xanathar's, mm-hmm. plus a bunch of stuff that they used for their campaign, and they put it all together in a nice document. And if you're looking for a nice one-stop shop for downtime stuff or looking for ideas. Uh, something like this is a great place to start um, because it's all in one spot. It's, it's got a huge list. Um, you can take a look at the full-size preview. It's got the whole um, table of contents so you can see there's tons and tons of stuff. Uh, as far as downtime goes. So if you're looking, or if you're, you're going to have a downtime session soon, or if you're looking to get some ideas as a player or as a DM for them, um, beyond just the, the D&D books, something like this can be a great resource, great asset. Yeah, anything that uh, kind of, you know, collates things into one thing, has new ideas and everything like that, is always a plus. I mean, you know, even if you do have some of the information already, it, it makes it just so much handier to have everything just, you know, at your fingertips in one spot. Yeah, for sure. And we will have a link to this specific one uh, on dndiscussions.com in the episode notes. Yes, All right. So jumping in to what we're doing in our games, um, Ben, you told us ridiculous things <laughs> last time yeah. so much so much happened uh and so uh, i i understand you've played again since then and there's yeah, there's a new character a, afoot. we've had a, a few sessions um so just uh to fill in just a little bit of backstory and everything the the characters have been kind of coming across these these orbs um you know magical orbs and everything that's through the the identify spell they can't really identify it through detect magic. You really don't know the type of magic that it is. I mean, they're, they're very mysterious. Um, they've spent a lot of time researching over the past couple sessions, uh, mainly because they were in a city, you know, very first city. Um, the bard had contracted to, you know, play a couple different shows over the course of a week. So it's like, okay, we've got a week to play with here. Um, they've also been meeting with a... Uh, well, in the Temple of Bahamut, the, the Order of the Silver Wing. It is a, uh, you know, organization that, you know, basically safeguards the world or at least the region and everything like that, you know, as people following Bahamut tend to do. And so they've been having meetings, you know, talking about these orbs and everything. And so their friend who is the, the proprietor of the magic shop from three of the towns has been visiting with them as well to kind of, you know, identify and try to figure out what's going on with these things. So it turns out that back when the world was created, these things were left over um, as basically parts of parts of a demigod 
so that he can always find his way back, which this cult is trying to resummon him so that he'll wipe the world clean and turn it into a perfect world for them. So obviously, you know, Ooh. they don't know that um, by doing that, everybody's going to die and the whole world's going to be destroyed. But, you know, whatever. Cultists be crazy, yo. So they found three of these things. There's uh, five of them out there. So they've been trying to figure out, you know, uh, what's going on with it. You know, if they are the actual orbs that were talked about in these, you know, ancient scripts and stuff like that. And uh, they have a lead on where the next two are, or the, I should say the last two. So they're kind of going back and forth talking about, you know, which one they wanted or which, which way they want to go. One of them's in a, the place called the, the Wailing Morass, which is this horrible place where there used to be a town that, basically got destroyed because the water was rising. There's probably some other random stuff going on, but it's a horrible, horrible, horrible place. And then there's another place called Wallowdale, which is a town of halflings that, uh, you know, it's, it's in the mountains and everything like that, but they have these, these gigantic, beautiful greenhouses where they grow their food and, you know, it's a pretty happy place. So they're going to go there. And, uh, you know, as they've kind of figured this out and everything, they're, their magic shop owner friend Matilda brought in someone that she knew from her past to kind of help them figure out what's going on with these orbs, uh, which happens to be the new character for our recently deceased and then brought back to life warlock who is no longer a warlock. So everybody's kind of, you know, understanding and trying to get to know him. And of course he's coming across as this huge arrogant jerk right away. (laughs) Nobody likes him. And we've been having a ton of fun with that. Um, but that being said, he, he brought himself in, or that character in, uh, you know, I, I kind of talked with the player about it and everything. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you're here to kind of try and research and figure out these orbs and, and things like that. And through a bunch of resor- or research by our sorcerer and our cleric, it turns out that way back in this war, that was between like the, the, the heavens and the hells. Um, these orbs were used to like amplify magic and stuff. And like, they're, they're actually pretty, pretty big deals. So for some reason um, of all of them, they're all supposed to be glowing white, but one of them grows, glows purple for whatever reason. They don't know why. So this character, Lavelle, he's an artificer, man of science. He's going to start experimenting on him and everything. So he, uh, ends up, you know, just trying to do, you know, normal identifying all that stuff. Same results as always. Uh, then he ends up casting just firebolt through one of the the white orbs, and it just multiplies the effect of the the spell like a ton, to the point where like he's in the sub basement of the the Temple of Bahamut because <laughs> oh. you know, it's a safe place. They're not going to have to worry about people, you know, coming in and trying to steal the orbs and everything. And he ends up destroying one of the pillars and makes just huge damage and everything. Basically, I just had him <laughs> roll five times the damage dice. So it kind of blew up there. And then, so it's like, okay, cool. Uh, he used the, uh, end up uh, casting through the purple orb. Nothing happened, like n- nothing at all. So like the, it just nullified any sort of magic. And then he's like, okay, well, let's see what happens if we put them together. So the... <laughs> he picked up two of the white orbs, put them together. These are the ones that multiply, cast firebolt Ooh. through it. And uh, it, it was 
we'll just say it was bad. Uh, did you know that if you multiply enough times with enough dice, a firebolt cantrip can do like 110 fire damage? And uh, it basically just engulfed the entire room in fire. It turned it essentially into a fireball as opposed to just, you know, the, the cantrip. And he's the only one in there. It's a small enough room. <laughs> he, had to, he had to soak the damage for it. Oh my goodness. Luckily, he's a fire genasi. So he took half damage. So by the time he was done, he had four hit points left. So first time playing the brand new character, he almost killed himself. Oh, it was a lot of fun. It's so much fun. But um, so, okay. So talking about, uh, you know, collaborative storytelling and everything with, with Dungeons and Dragons, um, I'm really glad that the players went to the library as many times as they did because it like kind of had me flesh out these things like way more than I ever thought I was going to like the, the whole amplify magic thing just kind of came from me just being like, Oh, why would people want these things? Like in, in the moment, why would people mm-hmm. want these things? Oh, they probably do something cool like amplify spells or magic or something. I'm like, okay, cool. So added that in there. I had a really rough um, like multiplier setup for like what level spell does what and how much it amplifies it and things like that. And, and like it all came up just like spur of the moment from that. And I'm actually really happy with the result on it. Um, and on top of that too, like I've been able to fill out the world more because of the research and, and things like that. And it's just been like really rewarding for me because like as much as I know of my world and have it kind of filled in with different things and stuff like that, sometimes the best things that come to mind or the best ideas come just spur of the moment from either, you know, a passing thing that someone said that I'm like, Oh, that'd be really cool. Let's just incorporate that. Or just like them going to, you know, research a certain topic or, or looking for something specific that is a facet that I never imagined. So I'm like, cool let's just add that in and, and have fun with that so it, it's been pretty great I, i've really enjoyed that sometimes then, sometimes the oh, best yeah. ideas can come spur the moment not oh, always definitely. definitely but sometimes so we're at the, the the final night of what's been going on you know of, of them in town and everything they're getting ready to leave for wallowdale the next morning the bard's doing her final performance and stuff and you know, the, she's been going around town, you know, kind of hyping it up and advertising and all this stuff and everything. And I, I might've mentioned it before on the show, maybe not, but this is a, uh, a character who just kind of sporadically as we've been playing, you know, once per day or maybe once every other day or something like that. Uh, she's been having to make wisdom saves. No idea why. So she's performing bar starts getting really rowdy and everything like that. And then huge fight breaks out. And then above the fighting, she hears, uh, Lord Dupree will have his vengeance. And it's a name from her past, from a very long time ago. So, you know, three assassins are there. They're trying to take her out. The party ends up taking them out, like in the midst of this huge bar fight and everything. And then it turns out that that name is from her past. It's, It's from her backstory, actually where a lord from forever ago, she wrote a horrible song about him and he's not very happy about that. So now wow. she's trying to huh. deal with like, like this was years ago when this happened. I mean, she's 
basically crossed the entire continent away from where this place is and it's chasing her along and everything. And then when they, you know, searched the bodies and everything, they found that dude had a scrying eye on him, which is what those, those wisdom saves were for and everything. And it's just like opening up this other can of worms and stuff that I've been having like, or that I started doing like near the very beginning of the session a couple of years ago. So I've just been having so much fun, like tying this bit up a little bit and even more. So I've got so much more planned for this. That's going to play out later. And I'm just, I'd love it when things start like, you know, like bloop, opening up just, just to see what happens. And it's so much fun. I'm having a blast. That's awesome. I'm, um... It's it's been it's been fun as we've kind of gone through this to to hear the stories back and forth because I, I kind of feel like I'm watch getting to watch quote unquote another campaign as it as it goes <laughs> yeah, through exactly. just more in a in a summarized form so that's it's fun yeah so tell us more about your downtime and everything and and also um, you know any other campaigns you you happen to be running or in or anything like what's going on with you so uh, yeah the big big thing that happened was definitely the the downtime session so I I'd been preparing for it for quite a while it was the first session after our larger extended break we we broke for about two months or so um, partially you know for baby time and partially everyone was kind of getting busy again and so uh, yeah. everyone was able to make it, which was super great because there's, I have a, I have a six person party. So it's, it's usually okay if one or two people can't make it, you know, we can still, the show, the show can still go on. But for this one, it's just like, man, I kind of need everyone to be there. And uh, it turned out that everyone was able to be there. Um, our, our monk fighter was was a little late, but I was able to kind of shift and arrange things so that uh, we waited for his time until he got there. So that was <clears throat> that was super fun. So we uh, they got their house, their their pocket dimension house, uh, and it was a it ended up being a really nice way to start the session to get back into it. All the characters were there. Um, they were talking to the archmage who was, uh, super excited about just, I guess, a, a fun project. <laughs> He's so busy doing all <laughs> sorts of archmage things that, uh, he doesn't get much time for himself in personal projects. So this was, this was fun for him. Um, and so he, he was walking them through and, uh, they all have these little unique keys to actually get in. To, to this pocket dimension from the the outer facade buildings in the in the two of the districts that they they're linked to um, and it's it's fun because the archmage one of the downtime activities for my uh, artificer slash sorcerer is he not only learned about his wild magic stuff but he also learned how to add additional rooms into the house. And so I set up a, I set up a system because it's, it's in a pocket dimension. Oh, so cool. technically this house can get as big as you want. It starts off, it's only two stories and it's not super big to start with. So over time he can expand this thing um, in five, five by five foot squares. So that'll be super cool uh, as he has the time to, to kind of uh, expand the house some. 
So it'll be interesting to see where that ends up. And then they had a whole thing where it was just, just some fun RP where he and the the barbarian did had like a cook off and they both rolled super <laughs> well. And so it was super different types of things. Uh, my, my cleric made um, some very strong alcohol out of uh, purple worm venom. <laughs> uh, could have gone horribly wrong, but he actually did like a really good job on all his checks. And so it's just super, super strong stuff. Um, and then we kind of broke things up and they, uh, they got an invitation to this fancy party that was going to be in, in two weeks. So we did some of the individual downtime. I, I kind of talked about the ranger, went and did some research. The, the cleric went, learned a little bit more about his, his new deity and worked on some, some potions uh, so he ended up making some sleeping potions and some potions of friendship Aww. that kind of mirror mirror uh, like friendship type spell, but a little bit longer longer term. Um, so so that was fun. And then uh, the the rogue got a secret assignment that I actually brought him down and did into our little Discord whispers channel. Ooh. So only me and him. Um, so he, and, and I can't say anything right now, but yeah. he's got, he's got some really interesting stuff to potentially accomplish if it happens. Um, so that, that'll be kind of fun. And then, uh, so that's those four. And then we had a little, like, we we're, we're still waiting for the, our, our fighter monk player to get here. So it was just like, okay, you know, they have fancy party. So we went back to the group and they all went and bought fancy clothes. And so it was fun because they were like uh, picking out styles and sending, sending screenshots and stuff like that of what the characters would wear. So that was a, a fun little, little side side thing. So they got fancy clothes for the party. And then our, our sixth player got here and he and the barbarian, um, we're we're teleported by a mage over kind of halfway across the continent to his monastery that he wanted to to visit because he had been having some bad dreams Mm -hmm. about it like the monastery in flames and and stuff like that so he gets there uh he meets his his sensei this old older elven woman you know like tough as nails type type thing so she's super super fun character to play i was i was very excited to to break her out and all this stuff um was essentially made up by him or at least formulated by him in his backstory so it was really cool to be able to add stuff from his backstory as actual places in the world and so he had some some really good rp in the monastery um he and uh the barbarian ended up uh training there the some bandits tried to ambush him on the wet the walk in to the monastery and it was it was kind of a fun moment because they're they are at this point level nine so far above like <laughs> any bandits and so they get surrounded by these five guys and they're just like your weapons are nice you should give them to us and the barbarian is just like i wouldn't do that if i were you <laughs> and he gives them like several warnings they start trying to attack the my my monk just takes down one one hit and my barbarian grapples the leader dude and just pulls his head off 
Oh my god. <laughs> All the other ones run away and it was just it was kind of a fun moment cuz it's it's one of those things it's normally your characters will encounter threats that are at their level. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? That's just kind of how D&D works. Every once in a while they'll they'll encounter something above their level for whatever reason they did made a lot of really poor decisions or as DM, you want to kind of showcase, Hey, there's, you know, more powerful things, things in this you. world. Yeah. yeah. than than what you're, you're dealing with. But in this case, I thought it would be fun to be like, this is how much you've grown from the beginning. And so it's, it's fun every once in a while to give your, your players those little kind of encounters like, this this group of bandits when you're level two or three or whatever would have probably posed a, a decent challenge, but now they're, they're nothing to you. And so you can approach these types of situations in completely different ways. And well, so, you know, it, it's really funny that you say that because uh, last night in our session, when they left town, uh, you know, I had them roll for some road encounters and everything. First thing they roll was a bandit attack. <laughs> And uh, my people are level eight, so yeah, it it was very much the same thing. Of uh, they they just started fighting, and our paladin took someone out on one hit. She had a, an extra attack left over, but she couldn't get to anyone else. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, at one point, one of the leaders just kind of yelled retreat, but they didn't really get much of a chance. One dude got away, but uh, when when they our rogue went and ran and, and caught him and brought them back and just basically they're all like what the hell are you doing and and then uh sent them back to town to the temple of bahamut to kind of you know pay their penance and you know hopefully get a better life yeah it's it's, it's those those kinds of scenarios while you don't want to litter litter with them <laughs> in into your game as mm -hmm. uh too many can become tedious for sure oh yeah since they're they're little to no threat they are really cool to have as a DM every once in a while to show your players really the power they've gained mm -hmm. over time. So that's, that's kind of cool. So they, they were there, the, um, the sensei basically revealed to him that a friend of his was killed by a necromancer Ooh. that um, they had both encountered previously uh, in his backstory. And uh, was kind of linked to uh, this other city uh, called Erangel. And so it's it's been kind of interesting how all uh, a bunch of threads have some planning on my part and some just happenstance have led several of the characters to point towards basically the next destination. So I we didn't have time to run, run the party. That was, that was the one thing that I had planned on running that we, we just ran out of time. And so we're, we're going to start, start with that um, next session. But one of the things I told the players is, Hey, just we're just from like a little time skip perspective, the, the council of five, which is the ruling authority in my capital city is going to request your help for stuff you guys have been have proven yourselves you guys are 
you know, you guys have saved uh, a large district in the city and you were great help. You've proven yourself. Uh, you're level nine. This is, this is close to tier three play, especially because they, they leveled to 10 at the end of the downtime session. Very cool. And um, so they were all really excited about that. And, but yeah, we are, we're on the cusp of tier three play. And so it's like, you guys are, you guys are getting to be pretty big time or you're to the point where you are respected and uh, people recognize what you can do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, here's the, uh, here's the options they're, they're going to give you. I just need to do this now. And as a DM, this is completely okay. I need to know where you want to go guys so that I can prepare for it because yep. this is, this is the start of a whole new arc. And I don't want to make this up as I go along. I want to make sure that I'm prepared so that you guys can have a better experience type thing. And they, they gave them several options. They talked through it a little bit, but it turned out they, they're four of the six characters actually have threads linking to Erangel. And this was something that started way, way back. This was supposed to be a thread back at level like four or five. Like in, in, in real time, like two years ago where um, the whole first little arc that my original group did um, this, this cult of ball unleashed, unleashed this demon um, after they summoned it, it flew off toward Aaron goal. Um, and they were originally after they were done traveling, they were originally going to head towards Aaron goal to try and stop it. At the last minute, they decided, no, we're going to go to the capital city. And so they left that thread hanging. And if you go way, way back toward the beginning of the discussions, I, I, I think I've, I've made mention, mention of this beforehand, but the situation just gets worse and worse and worse there until as they're entering the capital city, this huge black wave coalesces across the sky. Something happened half the the city is shrouded in darkness there's this giant black orb hundreds and hundreds of feet across that just took this entire middle chunk of the city and it's now floating above the rest of the city encased in this huge black orb and things have just been getting worse and worse and i've been kind of telegraphing this and so something that would have been a level four or five thing potentially for them to stop has now turned into a really big continental deal. Oh, that's and cool. so uh, a lot of them have threads like my, my cleric's parents were originally from there. And there's a lot of backstory with how they were framed by the church and such. And now this necromancer who killed my, my monk's friend is now collaborating in some way with this. Uh, my, Ranger's patron uh, is this entity who hates Ball because Ball imprisoned him in this yeah. in this bow in the first place, and so he's he's all about like destroying demons. Not that he's the greatest dude himself, <laughs> but um, as a as a fiendish patron entity, but uh, he's he's all about that, and of course, and so. Uh, clerics got strong ties to that as well. And so there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of pulls toward that. So after talking together, they all decided 
it's time. The cleric was just like, it's time to face my past. And I was just like, oh, that's that's such a good line. I'm so excited. Uh, so that's that's where we're heading. That's where we're that, going. That is really cool. I like that. I mean, it, it's interesting. It's it's growth. It's continuing, but like adding so many new elements and stuff. And that's very well planned out and cool. And I'm I'm really excited to hear for, hear more. Yeah, about and it. it's it's going to be a huge a huge thing. This is this is the start of the the next major arc. This is this is going to be, and it's it's getting more and more fun for me too as a DM because, uh, and I think I've said this before. This is the highest level game I've ever run or participated in. Yeah. So we are, we're in double digits now. This is, this is starting to get big time and this, this arc could potentially last for, for several levels and they'll either come out of this much stronger than they went into it or they'll be dead. Who knows? (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully not, uh, hopefully not dead, but it's, we're, you know, we're getting, we're getting to those, those power levels. Um, and so it's going to be interesting as a DM to try and challenge them and provide situations that are not just this bad kill this, but more moral quandaries or other decisions that are not necessarily combat oriented that they have to make in this growing power state. Yeah. I'm excited. It'll be fun. Definitely. Sounds like it. Yeah, that's uh that's my stuff. So Very cool. I think we're we're meeting again in in a few weeks. So got got a little bit of prep to do. Um I'm excited to see to see how where it goes. Yeah, we we are uh off for the next week, maybe two personally. So I'm excited because uh they're gonna get to Wallowdale, the, the halfling town. Oh, that'll be fun. I'll be looking forward to it. All right. Well, cool. with that, that uh, that wraps up our show. So uh, before we go, Ben, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? All right. Well, uh, if you're looking to find more episodes, like, you know, for some reason, if this is the very first episode you've ever listened to and you didn't start with one, that's quite all right. Our episodes are pretty much timeless. You can go back and listen to them whenever you want. The best place to find that is going to be on dndiscussions.com. Or, of course, if you check out like Google Play or iTunes or whatever, all those things are being called these days, uh, you can find every single episode there. If you want to reach out and talk to us, though, there's a couple different ways that you can do that. Um, send us an email. You know, if you have a long form, want to tell us about your campaign, some of the cool stuff that's going on there, send that to dndiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to reach out and get a uh, more succinct uh, conversation going, you can always send us a tweet. We are at DN Discussions. Uh, we both have access to the account and, you know, check it. Like to respond when we have time and everything like that. Uh, but even more so, if you want to talk to us individually, Ryan, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at TBKZord. Yep, if you're looking for me, you can find me. I am at Ben Bumhofer, also on Twitter. Um, last but not least, uh, we are in a uh, gaming session podcast. I don't even know why I'm stumbling over what to call it. We are in a persistent campaign uh, podcast called Plus Five to Hit. Um, currently, right now, uh, we're just doing some dungeon runs. Uh, Ryan is uh, not part of the group, but we're jumping back into our story uh, hopefully sometime soon here. 
and uh, we're going to be able to, uh, you know, keep playing on. You can hear us actually play. I know what, what, you know, what we do yeah. in our games. It's always a lot of fun. Exactly. All right. But uh, so that wraps up the show for this episode. Until next time, take care. Everybody. Yep. Be good to each other and goodbye.